Brendan, could I ask a huge favor? There's a chair just inside this door, if you could bring it up here. Um, Sunday school, children, you may be excused for Sunday school, the young class and also the young youth, you may be excused. Thanks, Izzy. I believe this Friday there is an activity, uh, a, a family night here at the church. And then also next Sunday um, evening there's a ladies party. No, no, Saturday. Thank you. All right. You all ready for some more Sunday school? I, I enjoyed last week. Um, Pastor Nelson and Pastor Daniel, Pastor Sean, when we preach, we spend hours, weeks, long time meditating on a scripture, and we will get a lot of thoughts, a lot of revelation from God, but sometimes we can pass out information, but what I find intriguing is, what is God saying to you? So this week, I asked, I sent out a message um, to many people, just to ask you to read a passage of Scripture, John 5, which is the, the story of uh, Jesus and the pool of Bethesda. And I want to take a few minutes this morning, and I want to give uh, you opportunity to be a part of this. I've got notes, so if you don't have anything, that's fine. I can give you some thoughts but I'd love to hear if you had the opportunity to take a few moments to read that scripture, um, what thoughts came to you in the context of love. A couple things I'd like to say, first of all, is Bethesda means house of mercy. Some versions and some translations would say house of loving kindness. I didn't realize that when I went to this, but as I was studying it, I came across that. I just thought that was kind of neat. We're doing a whole session right now, a whole series. This is our 12th week talking about this is a house. And we started about talking, this is the house of God. And you and I house God, and we are the house of God. And then we talked about house of family, house of prayer, and now we're on House of Love, and I thought that was interesting as we approach Christmas season that we are celebrating and looking at the, the miracle of Jesus. I mean, he's a miracle. He, he, just, it, he just wasn't a happening. He's a miracle. God with us. I, has anybody here seen any episodes of the series called Chosen, The Chosen. I, I haven't watched many, but I watched one episode. Um, I've seen a couple, a number of them. But one episode just hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was uh, one of the first ones where Jesus is um, meets, I think it's Mary. And without saying words, he just touched her. And they had portrayed her life as being a life of stress, of turmoil, of, of quite a bit of angst and, and issues. 
and there's a picture of just Jesus just touching her. And then the scenes continue, and she is changed just from that touch. And it literally just, it just hit me, like the power of the presence of God, the power of the touch of God, the impact that God can have. He, he, he just touched her, and her whole life just flipped and changed. And in fact, as, as and I know they take a little bit of artistic license when they do these movies and stuff, but, but part of it was she was just conveying, and I thought it was just amazing how she just conveyed her old thoughts to all of a sudden this freedom. That's Jesus. <laughs> That's Jesus. That's not, not some ideological thing. That's Jesus. That's the eternal one. Can you imagine? I, 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 I try to think in times of worship, we are actually with him talking and praising and worshiping. I mean, um, we have an amazing access to the Father. So John chapter 5, I'm going to read this passage and then I'm going to open it up for some of your thoughts. And uh, what I'm going to ask is um, that you make them concise. Um, and for sake of time, you have one opportunity. I'm not going to come back to you two or three times just for sake of time. And I might even have to count, cut it off at a certain point. I might have to say, okay, you guys have preached enough. Uh, now it's time for the offering or something like that. I, I, like I, I, I may have to switch gears. But let's, let's start. I want to read this, and then I want to have some time to, uh, to hear thoughts of what God has said to you. After these things, John 5, verse 1, after these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos, porticos or porches. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring of the water, stepped in was made whole from whatever disease which was with which he was afflicted. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? The sick man answered and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. Immediately, the man became well, picked up his pallet, and began to walk. Now, it was the Sabbath on that day. So the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath, and it's not permissible for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, and he said, He who made me well was the one who said to me, Pick up your pallet and walk. And they said to him, Who is this man that said to you, Pick up your pallet and walk? 
The man, but the man who was healed did not know it was for Jesus who had slipped away through the crowd in that place. And afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you've become well. Don't sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But he answered them, My father is working unto now, and I myself am working. Hallelujah. So, does anybody have thoughts about love from this passage? And if you do, raise your hand. Pastor, no. Love cannot be earned. It is received. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else have any thoughts? Awesome. Sometimes love isn't always received. Sometimes love, you think, oh, no, come on. But I don't know about you, but sometimes we become our own worst enemies. Alvaro. Nice and loud. His love is above customs and traditions, even the Sabbath. Amen. Amen. His love goes beyond that. Anybody else have any thought? Going once. Going twice. Sold. All right. You probably think, hey, if we get done faster, then Pastor David will even get done faster. I'm, I'm on to you guys. I'm on to you. But I've got notes. I didn't just come with a blank piece of paper saying, I want to see what they say. I, I wrote down some things here. Love is more powerful than time. It's not subject to time. This man was ill for 38 years. I don't know. But, uh, by the way, don't ever stop praying for somebody. Don't ever stop praying. You say, well, I've done it for a year. Keep praying. 38 years. That's, that's a lifetime. And God didn't say, well, my love, eh, sorry, dude. You've had 38 years of praying and chances. No, his love, didn't ma- it didn't matter to him. Here's another. Love says, do you want to get well? Jesus looked at him and said, do you want to get well? It doesn't say, 
Ah, but you've been like that for so long. Love just says, do you want to get better? And I talked about last week about this is a house of love, and we owe people an encounter with God. When people come through these doors, I'm not sure if you sense it or even if I always sense it, but even each one of us needs a touch of God's love. I, I need his love. And he comes and he, his questions quite often are very simple. Do you want to get better? And then it says also in there that he knew the condition. I, I've had conversations with people and I have them where it's like I know the condition of the person and that because of that condition, I become sometimes I become callous or hard because it's like, well, they know better. Now, I know none of you have ever had that kind of thought. But if I could just let you into my world for a moment. I look at situations and sometimes I say they know better. And they do know better. But Jesus comes and he doesn't worry. He, it says he actually knew their condition. He knew the guy couldn't get into the water fast enough. He knew that, you know, and, and I've heard this preached, and I've heard some people say, well, he should have just stayed a little closer so the next time he's right there. And, and, and I've, I've heard all these explanations. Jesus didn't care about that. He just said, do you want to get better? Love doesn't get hung up. Now, love has standards because at afterwards, at the end, after he's healed, Jesus says, don't go sinning because I don't want it to become worse. So love is not blind. And all those that are married knows that. But love still looks at the con doesn't look at the condition and say, oh, you don't qualify. Love says, no, do you want to get better? It, it, love doesn't get stuck on the answer or the excuse because the guy says, I wish I'd like to, but you know what? Every time, and Jesus didn't say, oh, come on, man, get with it. Love does not get stuck on the answer or the deflection or the excuse. You might say, I might say, I'm unable because, but Jesus says, I'm able, do you want it? Can you imagine a house of love where our benevolence, our goodwill to our neighbor, our care for someone else, the, the ability to think and want to give someone better things than what we have ourselves, to give them the best of us, comes to the forefront. And because of that, you know what? I will actually not, I'm not worried about their excuses. They might have excuses, but I'm here just to say, do you want to be touched by God? So this morning, you might say, I yelled at my spouse. I actually used words that aren't in the Bible in my anger. I might have I might have even thought some bad bad things. I might have done something. I, God says, "Do you want to be touched this morning?" I just I just find it amazing cuz I live in a world of qualifications. I, 
and, and I understand that. But I think when our first motive and our first thought becomes love, sometimes it gets past some of those hurdles to the need. Here's another one I wrote down. Love will sometimes upset the apple cart. It was the Sabbath. Just because you do good doesn't mean everybody's going to like you. And it's probably even worse in the Christian sector than it is in the world. But in the Christian sector, we have all our traditions. We have to, I have to wear a suit. I have to, I can't, like, like, I can't wear socks like Pastor David does because that's too flashy. I can't, you know, I, I, and, and we have all these ideas. No, sometimes love upsets the, I, I, sometimes it goes, because you know what, my better judgment, have you ever heard that phrase? Well, I'm going to go against my better judgment. And I, Please understand me. I'm not trying to dismiss that because I think God gave us brains. But also, he gave us love. He is love. And I have found that there are some things I will do because I love more than because of tradition. And I will extend... Love, by the way, love is a decision. It's not a feeling. Love is a decision, and I have decided to love. That means I have decided that there are some things I will not do with in order to extend love to someone else. And Jesus here, he goes, you know what? I'm not worried about the peer pressure, the, the traditions, or anything else. I'm going to upset the apple cart because this person needs to be touched. And I would rather see this person touched than make everybody else feel good. Can you imagine what it'd be like Sunday morning if I had my sermon ready and somebody came here sick and I said, no, we don't pray for you this morning because I got to preach. And you probably are going, huh, Pastor David preach, healing. Pastor David preach, no, no. I want to be I want to be so sensitive to God that I do, I do what his love compels me to do. And I think more good can happen when we love than when we don't love. But sometimes love upsets the apple cart. Love love breaks the rules. We serve a God that breaks the rules. We've seemed to have made all these different rules. We can't do this on the Sabbath. We can't do that on the Sabbath. The, the tradition of those people in that day was so strong, they actually had that you couldn't walk or travel a certain distance on a Saturday or on a Sabbath. So what they did was they took rope and they connected it from one house across the street to another house and therefore that house was connected, and then they could walk from one house to the next, and they wouldn't be breaking any rules of the Sabbath because they were connected by a rope. So here they had established rules, and then what they did was they made all these ways to get around the rules. 
and Jesus comes and he breaks the rules and he goes, pick up your bed and walk. Well, hold it, it's the Sabbath. You can't do that. That's, I know that's good. I know that's well. I know they need it. But you can't do that. Can you imagine a church, a people, that our first motive was love? I'll tell you this, it would get messy. Because there would be me saying, no, it's got to be done this way. But I'd rather be functioning in love and in love preferring one another than having all these customs and all these traditions that we've missed God. I'd rather, and this is, this is a challenge, because the moment you open up and you say this, you open yourself up to experiences, but I'd rather be operating in love and dealing with how do we function that way than having all these customs and these traditions that we don't see God move and we see people never touched. And if that means somebody comes here and they get touched from God because we allow love to happen and it messes up the Sunday morning, I'm more happy with that than I am with hearing me go for 30 minutes. That was a place you could have said amen and I would have accepted it. Love breaks the rule. Love overrides. This whole passage is a display of love overriding the prevailing thoughts. Love overriding the customs. What I even find interesting was the guy picked up his bed. He didn't even know it was Jesus. <laughs> I find that amazing. Jesus wasn't there going, oh, here's my business card. Just remember, just remember, Jesus actually slipped away in the crowd. I'm amazed how many times Jesus is undetectable in the New Testament. He goes to a feast. They don't even know he's there. And it's not that he's not doing anything. He's doing things, but he's not looking to promote. His love doesn't care about the bright lights, the neon, and everything else. His love cares about this person that's been sick for 38 years that he knows a touch from God will heal him. And by the way, that's not just for what happens in the church, in this building. It's for what happens outside these walls. In fact, the greatest display of love is every day what you do and how you live is the way that you can display love the greatest. The religious mindsets, the traditions, the laws. I said this last week and I want to say this again. Love did not have prerequisites. The love that Jesus was showing had multiple purposes. It did not have a prerequisite. It met people where they were. He met that man on those five porches who couldn't get into the water in time. He met him there. He didn't say, I want to see who's close. And I. He met that man. He knew where he was. He met him where he was. Love that Jesus showed 
was for the people he touched for that moment. Sometimes the love that can be, sometimes the love that you show, don't always, sometimes I think we want to say, well, I've got to get them saved. Can I, can I throw a, a little monkey wrench in there? Just show them God's love. Show them God's love. Well, no, 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 I got to get them to come to church and I got to get them healed and I got to get them this and I got to, just show them God's love. I'd rather be known for my love than, than, than trying to, to, to have people. I'd want people to experience God's love. Because I believe that they experience the true, undefiable, uh, and undeniable love of God that they will know it. And quite frankly, Jesus in the Bible, some people got healed and their lives were changed. Other people got healed and it, you don't hear of them anymore. It was for the people he touched. It was for the ones who followed him. So the love that you have isn't just for the person that you touch, but others might see that love. And we are all disciples of Christ. We all learners of Jesus. If you want to see the greatest display of love, read the Gospels. Watch how Jesus interacted with people. I'm amazed at how he interacted with sinners. And I'm amazed at how he interacted with those who had laws and traditions. Love that Jesus showed was a display of what heaven looks like. And when he taught his disciples to pray, he said, you, this is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His passion, his direction, and his instruction in how we pray was to ask God for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we walk in his love, we are actually displaying glimpses of heaven to people. This is a house of love. This is a house of love. And my prayer is when people walk through the doors, they would experience the love of God without words and without action, just, just by people being here, loving on them, smiling at them, making them feel welcome. My prayer is people would, in worship would get touched by God because the love of God would be released because we are worshiping the king and he comes and his love touches hearts. My prayer is today when you go home, you're all of a sudden the light bulb's going to go on and you'll go, you know what? I was, I was all tied up in knots before the church service and I'm feeling pretty good. That's my prayer. I don't need to know what was happened exactly at what moment. I pr you might say, well, I'd, I'd like to see people touch this way and that way. My prayer is that when you go, all of a sudden you would you, you take notice and you go, you know what? I was grinding my teeth because I didn't know what to do about this. And and I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I, I, my jaw isn't tense. That's God's love. That's his love. Who here? would like a touch from God's love.
I'm going to give you a little thought. If you'd like a touch from God's love, would you do one other thing, and that's take a step of faith and stand up. This is a house of love. And right now, I'm just going to ask the love of the Father to come and touch you. And you can open your hands. I would recommend that. It's not necessary, but I find sometimes body language, we can just get caught up. And so I would recommend you, you make an expression, a physical expression to, to, to say, in my heart and in my soul, I'd, I'd like a touch from God. And so, Lord, I'm just going to open up. I'm just going to, and, and then just allow his love to drop. So I'm going to be quiet for the next 30 seconds, and I'm just going to let God and his love touch you, and you talk with him and let him know your thoughts. Father, I just ask for your love, your undeniable, undescribable, unmatchable love to come and to touch every heart here this morning. You know every thought, you know every cry, you know every impulse or every need that is here and I just ask Lord that just like your scripture says that you came and you said do you want to be well as a pastor and as a representative of you this morning Lord I'm asking that and I'm extending that on behalf of you to our people to your people to your kids and they have responded, and they say, yeah, I could use a touch. So, Lord, I'm asking for your love to come in whatever measure, in whatever way, just to touch everyone here this morning. In your precious name. And everybody said, amen. I'd like to say the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And before you leave, that is Jesus. That's an Old Testament blessing that when you follow it through the cross, you find out it's fulfilled through Jesus.
but I like to say it because sometimes we just use one word, and what I want to do is I want you to understand every day this week that you walk with his face and his favor on you, which is Jesus Christ who was born and came to save this world and came and to touch your life. May you this week walk in his favor and display his love to someone around you. Amen. See you next Sunday. God bless you. Have an amazing week.